Good day, good afternoon, good morning to all our listeners across the world. It's another episode of the Million Dollar Convos podcast. And this week we have um, an owner of many businesses, really. Your boy, let's hold them out of business. This gentleman has. We, we, we'll be here until next week. So, um, Mr. Brandon McCoy, welcome to the show. Um, Thank you. So, so grateful to have you. Um, how are you doing? You doing all right? Yeah, man, I'm great. Thanks for having me, guys. I am a big fan of your content so far. So grateful to have you. So can you tell us, can you tell us about Brandon McCoy? Sure. Um, I am 33 years old. Proud, proud, proud Jamaican. Grew up in average family. I have two siblings, two older brothers. Went to high school at St. George's College here in Jamaica um, for the earlier part of my high school career. And then I went to Florida. Uh, went to high school up there at about 12th grade. Um, and then I had to pull out of school because I was starting to have spine issues. Uh, I think this was around 2005, 2006. Uh, so I had two spine surgeries back to back year, year after year. So I was homeschooled for quite a long time. Um, I did get back into the school system in Jamaica. I went to a small private school called the Academy. I ended up graduating top of my class, valedictorian. From there, I went to St. Leo University in 2007, graduated in 2011 with a double major in marketing and business management. Um, I'm a family man. I'm married, happily married with a son. He will be three this month, and our daughter will be making her debut next month. Ooh. I'm an entrepreneur. Um, currently owning and operating three businesses. I am, I consider myself Mr. Risk it for the biscuit. I'm all about um, <laughs> high risk investments and yeah, trying yeah. to conquer, trying to conquer things rather than have it conquer me. Um, all, of, all about action, not a bag I'm out. I'm a charitable individual. Um, I try to give back as much as possible. I am a school board member for Port Royal Early Childhood Institution. And I'm a fishing and boating enthusiast. That's me right. in a nutshell. Nice. That's that, and that, and that's plenty. That's plenty, Brandon. Um, so, uh, the first thing I'd like to address, right? Um, valedictorian in school um, seems like seems as if you know, as it relates to the academic path, you're pretty much set or en route to, you know, um, kind of that corporate life. Am I right? Or is it a case where while you, know, you're school, while you were in school, you already knew that, listen, yeah, I'm getting these good grades, but this is not for me. And I need to experience something outside this. Um, maybe it was too limiting. What was the story there on the transition? Uh, you know, I think what was happening is you, the whole reason why I even left Georgia to go to Florida was simply because I wasn't working with, with uh, school. Uh, you know, I had to try and, and switch gears and say if, another environment would be good for me because um, I really just wasn't doing good in school. But then I think, you know, being out of school and missing so much of that experience and seeing my friends go through the process and kind of run past me in a sense. Um, when I did have the chance to go back to school, I took it extremely seriously. Like it was, it was about making up time and, um, you know, I just, I just, I just went hard and, and did as best as I could and, I did do pretty well academically, um, even though I was valedictorian, I won't take too much credit because it really was a small class. Um, it was probably about 12 of us that was graduating in that class. So um, by no means valedictorian amongst a class of 100. Um, right. I mean, but, I win is I win. I win yeah, is I win. I'll yeah. take it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so, I mean, hearing you say, hearing you say all of that, um, relating to school, what exactly do you think you were missing out on? Though is it is it just the school experience, or is it the experience with the people that you thought that you were missing out on? Well, both. Um, I feel like I had to make up some time just being out, and you know, I was still in contact with all my friends that um, I was going to school with, both local and abroad, and just felt like I was being held back because of of this health issue that I was experiencing. Um, so that's pretty much it. Like I just, I just came with a vengeance feeling like I, I needed to catch up and I came with a whole new, um, appreciation for academics and 
success overall. Uh, whereas before, I was more about you know lunchtime and going to play some ball rather than the actual <laughs> studies. Just in so shift. I came back with a vengeance, yeah. So and and, and you know, as a as a Jordan man myself, um, I know enticing or enticing lunchtime ball game is. You, know, <laughs> yeah. so. you guys are not really <laughs> so, <that> street still. <laughs> so, uh, so Brandon, um we pivoting from from you into business now um ping links where did yeah. that name come from and and how did the company start uh so ping links is really a spin-off of of i started the mobile industry when BlackBerry was a thing, BlackBerry was just running the place. So no, yeah, man, no end. Yeah, no end inside for BlackBerry. So if you knew BlackBerry, you knew the word ping. And I started getting into selling phones and accessories in the last year of university, you know, just as a hustle, trying to bring in a little extra money, take a little pressure off my parents. I was buying um, phones on eBay while in university, begging friends to carry back to Jamaica, try to get them sold here. And at that time, I just felt like I was a link. You know, I was a link between sellers and buyers and Ping. I just kind of morphed it together, Ping links. Oh, um, uh, yeah, that's kind of how it came together. So, okay, so, so how, how did the transition from, from Valley Victorian College two ping links happened though because I'm, I'm sure it's not just I mean you, you explained it a while ago but like when was like the exact moment is it just that they say alright I'm going to sell these phones I'm going to see how it goes and then it eventually in perpetuity became something bigger than you expected it to be that's exactly it um, It I wasn't taking it seriously until I had to take it seriously until I realized how serious it was um, it was pretty much a side hustle my family was all along, you know, I'm graduating now, I'm still kind of doing that hustle. My graduate, my um, my family was, you know, all about, you need to get a real job. This Blackberry not going to last forever. And I really was applying to nine to fives. Um, and I just, nobody would hire me. I just didn't have the experience fresh out of college with my degree, um, but nobody would hire me. I mean, in perspective now, you know, looking back, it is the best thing that ever happened to me. <laughs> so I had to keep some money coming in. When I graduated and I decided I was moving back after trying to apply to a few jobs in the States that wasn't working out, kind of ran out of time there. I had to come back. Um, when I came back, it was sink or swim for me. Um, you know, when I was in college, my, my parents split up, just like many parents do after all the kids move out of the house, right? Mm-hmm. And then... Close to the end of my college career, um, my father fell with some health issues and moved oh. back in with my mom. However, he moved back into my room. So oh. I literally had nowhere to go. Um, so I sold my car in the States for 4000 US, bought all the phone things I possibly could, came home with it, um, moved into a small, tiny one-bedroom studio apartment, and mm. it was sink or swim. I had to make this work or nothing. Um, all along, still trying to apply to jobs because, you know, this was a side hustle. Right. But then putting, just, just putting in the work with this and flipping phones and accessories, money was coming in. So it, it just kind of never ended. And I've always just been a heavy reinvestor, literally only taking out what I need to take out to survive. So it was mm. just growing and growing and growing and, it just became like, all right, we need to attach a name to this. And to get, you know, it just became this thing where you have to get more and more formal until it just was, all right, we're doing it's a real business now. Right, right. Into the next, into the next question, the next segment. Um, you know, um, in a corporate arena, but at the same time, um, you know, hiring people, um, especially mm-hmm. people with degrees. Um, it, 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 people think that um, having a degree is, is, a, is a prerequisite. It is a prerequisite, but you're ordained to get a job. No, it's not that way. So what we see now really is an exodus of 
people with degrees, people who are stopping midway in school, actually pursuing entrepreneurship, right? Actually acquiring mm. a skill to then be useful in a particular marketplace or a niche. So your business hire me um, kind of fills a gap where skilled individuals, employers or employees actually go and search for work as freelancers, um, as talent recruitment agencies. So explain that hire me process, explain to me how you came up with that idea and why now. All right, sure. This is actually my favorite story. HireMeJA.com. We just became live a few months ago. It's been in, it's been in the works for a few years in development. Um, HireMe started with me graduating and applying to jobs and not getting that chance. You know, we've grown up in a society where you're told you do good in school, you know, get your degree, then go get the job. But I got my degree and then it was like, where is the job? Oh, gosh. You know what I mean? Nobody would look at me. Every other person <laughs> has a degree yeah. these days. So there's right. really, there really ain't nothing special about me, me standing there with my degree. All right. So I really do believe with what I have built um, over the last few years that a lot of employers missed out on a great candidate because my resume at the time with my meager little degree did not, was not impressive enough for me to be called in to an interview for them to see the personality that I come with. All right. So on the flip side now, um, that was when I was looking for a job and I found an issue. On the flip side, I'm now an employer and any employer will tell you that finding good people to be a part of their team is one of the hardest things to do in business. Exactly. So, being on both ends of the spectrum, I was like, there has to be a, a solution. Like, you know, there has to be a way where these two individuals can connect in a more efficient way. So HireMeJA.com allows a job seeker to create a profile. And most of this profile resembles um, a resume. But we allow for the upload of an introductory video because a lot of employers would agree that um, personality, presentation, character is super important, but a resume has a hard time portraying those things. When you see somebody write on their resume, I'm a great communicator, et cetera, et cetera, you're not really taking that to heart because you're <laughs> no. thinking, as, as an employer, you're thinking, you're telling me what you think I want to hear. Let me right. see it. So we're giving individuals the opportunity to let their personality shine because what I find is that as you know, personally, I would take somebody with a with a winning, shining personality any day over a dull personality with a Harvard degree. Right. You know what I mean? You, if awesome. you have a if you have a great personality, you carry yourself well, you can essentially what I'm trying to say is get money out of my customers' pockets. Then right. I want you. I don't care about your degree. Not saying that a degree isn't important, but I do believe personality is just as important. So I wanted to create a platform that would give um, give insight into a person's presentation and character and everything. And on the other hand, too, I found it extremely tedious as an employer whenever we put out a available position on social media or any of the other employment websites, mm -hmm. our email inbox will become flooded with resumes. We'll get, you know, anywhere upwards of 50 resumes. All you find is that eats up so much of your time just to weed through them and shortlist and then decide who you want to call from the lot to bring in for an interview. Um, and a lot of people shoot for the stars when they're applying for jobs, meaning like we might put up that we're looking for a store manager um, you may get a security, a current standing security guard applying for it. Not to say that a security guard could not be um, qualified, but in most cases they aren't. They they just see a job opening and send them resume. And um, so it's time wasted for the employer. So I always want that database where everybody on that database is currently looking for a job, and we can search based on search tools and filters, and immediately shortlist and you just. Click those, you know, whatever amount of profile shortlist and just reach out to who you want. So you're immediately weeding out people that don't align with what you're looking for. So on HireMeJA.com, an employer can search the word restaurant. And anybody who has the word restaurant listed in their profile would be immediately shortlisted. 
So we're, we're just trying to change the game and, you know, we're trying to empower job seekers as well because here is a paradigm shift where it is not any longer a job seeker applying to an employer. Mm-hmm. It is now the employer applying to a job seeker because they have to reach out, tell the job seeker about the job and say, at the end, would you be interested in this? And the example I like to use is if you guys drive to the supermarket and somebody um, walks up to you when you park and say, hey, I really like that car. Would you be willing to sell it to me? I guarantee you, you're going to get a whole lot more money for your car rather than if you drove into that parking lot having a big for sale sign on it. The guy came up to you wanting the car, so you have leverage in, in that. You know what I mean? So a job seeker now has leverage in an employer seeking them out, reaching out to them and offering them something saying that I think you may align with what we're looking for. You get me? Yeah, man, I understand, I understand completely. Um, and yeah. you're, you're saying there's a there's an automatic screening process? Was, was that what you're... No, what so, you're... no, so a job seeker can make a profile and, and put anything they want. Um, we're not really screening them. It's kind of up to the employer to screen them. So that's why we're... That's why we offer all the search tools that we offer, um, right. even a search bar. So essentially, you are just like shortlisting. So yeah, a candidate may have the word restaurant in their profile. And then when you open that profile, you see something else that you don't like. So um, but, at, but at least you had a head start. Um, and then you don't have to weed through 100, re- actually physically read through 100 resumes from posting at, um, an available position. At least you get a head start. It kind of reminds me of an upwork of sorts, yeah. right? So, so, so the, the, the platform allows you on both sides of the coin to actually vet um, a particular position or a particular job, right? And it's full transparency, right? So, yes. so, so they'll be able to actually vet across the board. They can weed out all of the garbage. Let me not say garbage because of people we are talking about. <laughs> weed out <laughs> Oh, we man. don't we don't all the the the, the i guess um what's the word i'm looking for here non-aligned individuals non-aligned individuals thank you very much brandon so mm-hmm. and and i think that's something that's missing here in jamaica so i really i'm excited to see where hire me jay goes honestly yeah me too you know it's just we you know it's such a learning curve to get um across to people because it's such a new way of employment it's not, it's not like any way that has ever really been seen before. Um, but you do see stories emerging where people are getting headhunted from their TikTok and Instagram accounts because people are watching them and liking their personality and offering them a job. So it's something very similar to that. Only difference is you, you directly know that everybody on my platform is, is willing to accept a job that um, may interest them whereas when you're on these social media sites and you see nice personalities yeah you can reach out and see if they may be interested but you don't know if they're there you know what i mean yeah i think the, the feature especially it's a, it's a big bonus in terms of letting the personality shine through and just gives a better sense of who you're even employing because paper doesn't speak to you like this uh, like a video would give an example of a person yeah, I personally don't believe in resumes. I mean, I can tell you I've never, never interviewed somebody and not hired them. What I mean is literally I'll call them in for an interview and, you know, at the end of it, I'll say, all right, listen, straight up, I don't really believe in resumes. I don't even believe in interviews. Let's do a two-week a two week, um, trial period. Um, let's see you in action because we know how this goes. You're going to tell me what you think I want to hear. Let's just, you know, no strings attached, have a two-week trial period. We'll both come back and we'll see if we're a perfect fit for each other. And also tell them I want them to feel like they're interviewing the company as well because nothing annoys me more than doing business with a place and the employee there definitely doesn't want to be at work that day. I want the people that work with me to actually want to be at work so that my customers can see that. Excellent. Um, we'll pivot in from Hayamino. Uh, yeah. moving into basically what's been going on for you know what the past two years COVID 
Um, that's, mm-hmm. that's basically a topic on every single thing you now because it's life. Um, so I realized that the pandemic, a lot of businesses, they either went belly up or you even see some new businesses coming out. Um, yeah. so as somebody who's been a business person for you, say, um, since 2020 started, what sort of innovations have you done during this type of period to ensure that your, your doors stay open? ensure that you know because a lot of employees depend on you for for their paychecks at the end of the month so you know that that's a lot of weight on your shoulders and that's risk of being an entrepreneur and an employer but what type of innovations have you done with your various businesses to ensure that you're still able to, to keep your doors open yeah so i'll be extremely honest in saying that I, there was nothing genius that came out of me during COVID to keep our doors open. Um, one of our banking partners even reached out to me and wanted me to do a webinar with them for pivoting and what we're doing because I guess they must have realized things hadn't changed much for us. Mm. And I told them, I'm sorry, but I don't believe I'm the best candidate. Um, I think we're extremely fortunate that we're in an industry that we're in because people are so reliant on their devices, especially in a moment when they're being sent home from the office and have to work from home. The most we did to pivot was to stock our shelves at Pinglings with um, some more computer peripherals and things like that um, so that we could yeah. sell more mice and keyboard and monitors. And you know that little pivot worked because people were relying more on things like that. But Fact of the matter is whether you're working from home or office or no matter what was going on, if you broke your phone screen and you can't use your phone, you go in and come and fix it. So I think we're extremely fortunate to be in the industry that we're in, but I honestly can't take much credit for any extreme innovation that I adapted during that time. I don't feel like it was anything major. Um, you know, we did some little things, try to introduce the curbside pickup, etc., but there really was nothing like grand and um out of this world um you know but, it was just but at the go. same time yep oh but at the same time brandon um it's incredible because there are a lot of people in this business servicing um you know tech retail tech retail mobile phone repairs a lot of people a lot of people doing this and because of that um, it's that I think that's why that's where Kamara is coming from as it relates to um, your brand. Um, I'm impressed because you said there was no change, absolutely no change. While you know, speaking to other business owners, other friends, and hearing from them that yo in the same industry, hearing from them that yo you know say no, no, on. So that is why it's so so weird to hear you say that yo literally nothing happened, which means you have a stellar brand because. If that is the case and the brand speaks to, to the value that it gives to its customers, it obviously means that you're doing something different, right? It, it might not seem that way to you, but maybe just maybe operating as usual is you being a differential in that industry. What do you think? I do think you're correct. Um, I am you know? extremely big on value. You know, we're okay. one of the only places um, or businesses that I know of in Jamaica that offer their products with a lifetime warranty. Um, we have even a, a great warranty on the, any repair that we do, a minimum of three months. And I don't know any other phone repair shop that does that. But we believe in the products that we carry and that we sell. And uh, we want people to know that we don't need them to stand behind it and um, risk this purchase we will because we believe in it so you're right i think over the years you know we've built a very solid foundation and a solid customer base that um will lean on us when they have a need in the tech market um when i just started in pinglinks and before pinglinks was even a, a store it was the back of my little suzuki swift was the store there was a lot of people that were in the mobile industry kind of doing what I was doing because we're all like resellers and we're linking up and we're talking to each other. We're making trades, you know, we're getting phones from each other. But I mean, where I stand now, I look back and there's a lot of those people doing the exact same thing that they were doing 10 years ago. And here I am completely like changed up, you know, from what I was 10 years ago. So 
Uh, I do think it has a lot to do with value um, and people lean on us in, in times like that. And I was glad that we could open the doors because a lot of people and a lot of my friends, you know, some in the event and entertainment industry are flat on their face. So whatever it is, we're very fortunate. Um, but I really didn't make no big flip of the script in terms of our business processes during the heights of COVID. Um, I was I was just fortunate. I think that we're in a, a, a bulletproof industry. People need their, their tech and I'm, I'm happy we're able to deliver. Right. Excellent. And, and um, you know, you spoke earlier about investing heavily um, back into your business. You're an aggressive investor. Um, how do you take that approach and apply that to Ping Links? What is the current? I don't want you to go too much in detail and, you know, give away your, your sauce. <laughs> but, you know, what, how do you apply that? aggressive at reinvest at all costs nature or strategy to ping links to actually grow the business all right so i believe what i said earlier was that um in the earlier days i took only what i needed to take for my survival from ping links and i still somewhat take that approach um you know my pace isn't grand it's it's sufficient for a comfortable life um but it's not in my best interest to take more than I need to have it go sit down in a personal account dwindling and doing nothing with it. I mean, maybe there's things I can do like stock market for my personal name, et cetera. But I still believe in keeping every dollar that I possibly can within the business um, because this translates into being able to offer our environment that we do. You know, there's, I mean, there's no shortage of people selling or other businesses selling the things that we sell. However, I do, I'm a firm believer in, in the environment that you offer for your customers. Uh, for example, I mean, the, the leading pharmacy in Jamaica, um, just without calling names, you, you probably have it in your mind that, yeah, they sell this bottle of vitamin for a little more than the liquid tiny corner shop pharmacy down the road, but you don't mind spending that little extra for the sake of the nice environment that you're going to experience and the customer service. Um, yeah. And that's, that's investing, that's reinvesting, that's them reinvesting themselves. And people are attracted to that. People like to see that, you know, I haven't been to this business place since uh, uh, two years ago or even five years ago. And here I am. And look at the growth. Like they've really put back money into this to keep offering bigger and better to their customers. And I, I, I'm a firm believer in that. I do believe it's, it's, it has a lot to do with our our successes that people are seeing that we're reinvesting um, in just even if it's even environment. Um, but in ourselves as well, we'll spend money to get trained in various things if we can or take us to the next step in what we can offer service-wise, things like that. But, you know, I'm looking at business for the long term and I don't need to pull money now to, you know, go sit on. I want to look at the long 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 term goal and yeah pumping pumping reinvesting into the business is what's going to achieve that um you know when i think of even taking on like investors you know i got a little start um in the beginning too from a few friends where they lent me some money but it was small money at the time like 500 us or a thousand us and i had no proof of concept for my business so i gave like crazy returns on investment like 10 percent per month kind of thing so in five months i had to pay them about double the money um but it was worth it to me to do that than say give me the 500 or a thousand us and i give you 20 percent of the business because i know where i was going with it can you imagine if somebody owned a piece of pinglings today 20 percent of it for putting in a thousand dollars 10 years ago you know, it would. Yeah. I, I saw crazy. where we were. I saw where we were going. So one of the best decisions I've ever made was not giving up any equity because I knew my plan, my goal. Brandon, there's a lot of things that you said a while ago that really resonate, especially in terms of um, you being this the, the owner of the business, yet still you're just catering to your lifestyle basically. So you only take out what is necessary. And I think 
a lot of persons when they get into any ventures any type of thing to make money it's for the short term and they want as soon as they see any sort of funds coming in it's it's okay gonna get this quick i'm gonna spend this on that 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 and then the business account is at zero and you know the the lifestyle of the, has to be fulfilled but i feel like i heard this i don't remember i heard this i think it was on earn your leisure in terms of if a lot of us had the mindset to be thinking long term from now long term wouldn't be that long term because from the time you'd have started thinking long term you'd have made a lot more than you just being short term and squandering all the money so that component effect uh how do you describe that effect with with ping links being able to constantly reinvest and, and and just grow and know being able to open other businesses and try to go into other industries because we haven't even touched fork in the road as yet um, yeah. so you know just describe the component process and now opening other businesses yeah so you know i i've had a lot of ramen noodle type of nights and i don't mind that um i don't need to see personal gain for myself i need to say personal gain for the the business um i need my customers to notice that we are reinvesting and i need my team members to feel like they have something to look forward to in terms of of growth um i think any one of us could easily identify any business places that simply don't reinvest and it's just not a good feeling like i think it's a subconscious thing but I think we've all been to a business place and we know this place is raking in the revenue, but clearly yeah. they're just like siphoning that right out. You feel right. much more warm to a place where you see the next time you go, you see a nice little flower pot in the corner. Like they're actually using the profits of the business to make you have a better experience. So Ping Links has, has been, you know, good to the point where I am able to, I could, I could have easily decided, all right, I'm going to take a chunk out personally and go and live lavishly. But instead, what I decided to do was use any excess that Pinglings was producing, loan it to other businesses to start it. So Pinglings, oh. in a sense, is an investor. So Pinglings has loaned the money to begin hiremeja.com and loan the money to begin forking the road. And eventually when these other businesses get on their feet, they will pay back interests on the loan with two big links. So is it, so, so, so the direction you're taking is not equity, it's loans, right? Correct. Yes. So I'm interested to, to, I'm interested as to why you didn't take the equity route instead of the loan, instead Instead of the loan, why didn't you take the equity route? Because more than sometimes, most times, business owners identify businesses that they're interested in, see the long-term plans of the owner, um, and then they invest in a company by taking a chunk, but you've taken the loans route. Is it that it's more secure or is it that you don't um, necessarily want to 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 reside in these businesses long term what's the what's the idea there yeah so you know my love is pinglings that's that's home um other businesses um i do like them i'm interested in them and i am somewhat passionate about them but i have no issue with building them and selling them getting them to a level and then selling them um, and when I say loans, it's not with any financial institutions. I literally mean Pinglings lends Brandon McCoy money to start forking the road food trucks. And when forking the road food trucks gets on its feet and start having its own money, can pay back Pinglings and then Pinglings gets um, an interest on that. I'm just happy that I've built Pinglings to a level where it can finance other projects. But these other projects will be paying back Pinglings to continue Pinglings growth on its own and once these companies own itself so to speak paid back loan meaning is its own to go no initial um, capital investor i look on that like okay now the business has no weight um it doesn't owe anything it's it has paid for itself but um, <laughs> we can we can we can shift the we can shift the the perspective to to legacy right Kamari. 
Yo, before you continue, just bless up for listening to the content. Bless up for being a part of the family. And if you like anything else, just feel free to look at the rest of the podcast. We have more audios for you to listen to. We have a YouTube channel. You can check out our other shows. You can check out Let's Drive. And you can always stop by our Instagram. Like a few pictures, comment, interact. Let us get to know you. Possibly you could be on the show. And thanks again. Continue listening. Let's hear it. Brandon, having heard everything in terms of how you, how you scale your businesses, how you invest in your business, and how you even relate them and let them have relationships with each other. Um, I know you're not done yet. That's a thing because, you know, as I say, you're just 33 and the average man doesn't hit his um, financial peak until about 55 to 60 thereabouts. So you have a long ways to go. But... You spoke about your family, you spoke about, you know, your son, and you have one on the way. Congrats, by the way. Thank um, you. What type of legacy is it that you want to, to leave for them? Like, you're building, you're building basically an empire right now. Um, what type of lessons you want to impart on them, the values of hard work, you know, stuff like that. Just just kind of explain your mindset as it, go, as it goes into raising children and what type of things you want them to remember you for. Um, well, let me just say, I, I hope by 55, I'm on a beach somewhere sipping a margarita, <laughs> <laughs> not, not just speaking. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, I sacrifice a lot of family time, um, you know, these days and it's all for a greater cause, um, to make a comfortable life for all of us. Um, well, you know, I think I'm a little untraditional in, in the parenting department of, um, you know, a lot of parents are working hard right now, saving for their co- their kids' college tuition and things like that that they can do for their kids in life. I don't plan on one forcing my children to go to college. It has it has to be their own want. Um, I went to college on my own initiatives um, and all my doing. I also had to figure out how I was going to pay for college. Um, I, I, I recently just finished paying off my school loans and I don't want to give my children that on a silver platter because I want them to feel the weight um, of the burden of having a loan to pay back. Um, if it's something that you want to do, go and get a college education, <clears throat> go and take the debt and and get that education because I believe that that debt on my name was what really was a driving force to me. You know, when I said sink or swim, that was one of the things that if I didn't, you know, find an avenue to be productive, I would sink in this debt and it kind of just kept me going. So I do intend to instill in them hard work and determination and drive and things like that. But I don't intend to give them an, a, a perfectly smooth road. And I think that also comes from <clears throat> being around people in university who I know mommy and daddy were just taking care of every single thing. And I could see their different perspective than I had. Like, because it was on my dime, I, I, I realized that I was taking it a lot more seriously than a lot of other people because... Just like anything, when you spend your own money, it means more. So I don't want to give this free ride and and have, <clears throat> and have them waste it. Um, I want them to really have to work for these accomplishments because graduating university in itself is an accomplishment. And if it's something that they want to achieve as an individual, um, I want them to work to to get that done like I did. So... I do intend to build this empire and have them be a part of it, but by no means is it going oh. to be handed over. Okay. I was just about to ask <laughs> if it was going to be a ceremonial transfer of everything. Absolutely not. You know, Shaq O'Neal yeah, O'Neil said it best that I'm rich. You, he, you, are not kids, rich. you, ain't, you ain't rich. I'm rich. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. true. That's, and, and they, got, I they have to work. I think I think you raised a very a good point as well, um, and that is a bit untraditional. But I think it 
it's a hard lesson that they need to learn. Um, and I think a boy's father is probably, if not one of the biggest assets um, a boy can have or, uh, you know, a young man can have because a mother can raise a boy, but only a father can teach him to be a man. So with, with, with that being said, and, you know, um, in the process of being a father, you know, how has that changed your thought process as it relates to how you raise a child, how you spend time with the business and um, kind of how you, you, you kind of conglomerate all of this into kind of raising and maintaining a family? Is, is, is this something that has been extremely hard for you um, with the business? Or is it a case where your family, you and your family have found something that works? Uh, I would say it's a work in motion. It's, it's, definitely, uh, it's definitely a struggle finding the time. Um, you know, I don't work nine to five, but I do work 24 seven. Mm. Um, yeah, but you know, I have a very understanding family and I, I have, I already have my son coming and spending some time with me at the office. So he's going to get the hang of it real quick. Um, he's going to have to, I just want him to work for his piece of the pie, because as I said, it won't be a handover, but the time thing is definitely a challenge. Um, it's something I need to work on. Um, you know, recently with all these projects on my plate, I, I recently just engaged a, a personal assistant because I really need to free up some of my time. I see my, my son getting older, my daughter is on the way. Um, there's, there, sometimes days go by where I don't see my son. He's off to school early and then I tend to get up a little late because I work late. And, you know, sometimes I get home and he's asleep and those things weigh heavy on me. But uh, I offset it by thinking to myself, you know, it's all for the greater good. It's, it's for us. It's, it's putting in the work to give us a better life and give him, you know, a nicer home with a yard space and can run up and down. So my family is, is extremely understanding. Um, and it's, it is a challenge putting in time. I would imagine for any entrepreneur that finding that perfect balance is an extremely tricky thing. And, I honestly can't say that I've, I've mastered it perfectly, but it's a work in motion and I do intend to get it there. Everybody wants their business working like clockwork and don't need so much of their attention. Not quite there yet, but I, I, I do believe I'm getting there. Right, right, right. Excellent, excellent. So, Brandon, we, we, we've reached the tail end of this conversation now. Um, a lot of personal and business um, lifestyle information you know, um, and personally, a lot of um, young men, young women out there that actually want to start their business, right? But they're a little bit hesitant because of the risks involved. And you being in situations where you're operating like this on a daily basis, um, you know, the advice that you could impart to them could be a turning stone or a stepping stone for them to, 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 to make the correct decision, right? So, you know, in your own words, um, you're speaking to an unsure entrepreneur with a certain skill, with a certain business, you know, what would you say to them to actually um, direct them to a path that um, allows them to pursue their purpose? I would start by saying, be extremely sure that entrepreneurship is right for you. I think a lot of people glamorize entrepreneurship. Um, I, do, I, I believe that the majority of people um, are intended or work best working for somebody. I know this is an un unpopular view because the, the common view today is own your own business, etc. But I don't believe that most people have the capacity to run an entire operation or business back into front end. When you're an entrepreneur, you no longer sit at a desk and somebody tell you what to do, when to do, how to do it. You have to be the one with that initiative to think of every single aspect. Yes, you're going to have your accountant and your marketing department, your HR department, maybe all of these things, but 
you still have to have a foot in the door with all these departments overseeing it. And do you have the mental fortitude to be involved in all of these processes that a business entails? Um, you know, there's pros and cons to everything. It's, it's entrepreneurship is definitely for me just because of the way my mind works. But there's a lot of people that I have even employed um, or that I've just engaged with and you immediately can tell that they just don't have what it takes to run a business back end to front end. So right. I would say first identify that entrepreneurship is right for you. If you like certain things, like you like taking long vacations and you're definitely not working on Saturday and you want the freedom, you want to go home at five o'clock and leave work at work, things like that, it, entrepreneurship may not be right for you. There's a lot of pros to a nine to five. You leave work at work. Boss can't call me after that. However, you being the boss, you can get a call at 2 a.m. and you guts to respond. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Facts. So... First, identify if entrepreneurship is right for you. I think way too many people glamorize it and mm. there's just a lot of ugly sides to it. Um, that's going to require a lot of time that you may have right now that you're not even valuing, but you will value it when you're an entre entrepreneur running a business. Right. Um, but, you know, if you do believe that it is right for you, Go for it, um, but do expect to put in the work. Don't believe that it's going to come easy. There is going to be no handouts. You do have to have your, your foot um, in the door with everything, um, understanding entirely how your business works. Do your research. Um, you know, if you start a business, take as little as you possibly can out of that business. Keep reinvesting in any capacity, if it's to increase your stock, if it's to take on a new course to, to learn some new skills That's um, to engage help by way of employing people reinvest until you get to a place that you're comfortable with the business being, you may not have to be on this never ending treadmill for the rest of your life, trying to just grow, grow, grow. You might just have an idea of where you want the business to reach. And then you just coast identify that as well, which do you want to do? You want to be on the treadmill and just, continuously grow forevermore or do you have a cap know that cap and when you reach there then you can kick back a little bit because you've reached and then you can be on to the next thing um but it's a lot of work it's a lot of time your your mind won't rest um and reinvest that's my number one advice right there and if it is where you do need capital i would definitely strongly say take a loan rather than give up equity because you may be somewhere a hundred times better um, business-wise, um, revenue-wise, five years from now than you are now. And somebody may get, in, get that piece of the pie extremely cheap and it's going to make you so bitter five years from now when you're huge and this person is on the beach sipping a cocktail um, who got in for little and nothing. Um, if you do have to take that route of giving up equity, Try to have an exit plan and buy out as soon as possible. Um, that would be my advice to entrepreneurs. Excellent, excellent. So finalizing everything, wrapping up everything now, um, Brandon, Ping Links, um, Fork in the Road, JA, Hire Me. Um, just give us, um, well, Hire Me, explain that already. Ping Links, mm -hmm. just a, a, a list of the services you provide. And how customers can contact you if they're hearing this for the first time. Sure, I'll touch on each three of them real quick. So Pinglink Cellular Limited, we own and operate three <clears throat> retail stores in Kingston. Uh, we're in construction to upgrade our flagship flagship store on South Avenue right now. That's gonna be world class. You're gonna feel like you're in Best Buy and Foreign when you come in. If you need tech, anything tech, smart home related, uh, wireless computers, tablets, repairs, purchasing it, buying accessories for it, anything aligned with those things, check out Pinglinks on Instagram. We have pinglinkseller.com. And uh, for employment, if you're looking for a job or if you're looking to hire people, we just started our database. It's just shy of 80 candidates, um, but we have a lot of marketing plans in the works. You could check out hiremeja.com or hiremeja on Instagram. Fork in the road, J-A, 
this is a food truck business. We currently own and operate two food trucks. One is currently located in New Kingston, <clears throat> and the other is being operated at Caymanas Racetrack only on a weekend. Check them out if you're ever hungry. We're on Hugo app, um, Forking Road JA on Instagram. And those are my three babies. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And excellent. Excellent. Love, love the love the amount of information that you've shared with us. Um, the fact that you're a father in business. Um, I really appreciate the time you've taken because you could have easily have spent this time with your little one. Right. Mm -hmm. So I appreciate the fact that you're here right now spending this time with us. Um the, the fact that you're a serial entrepreneur because it seems as if even though Ping Links is a baby, it seems as if you like this <laughs> this being amongst businesses, experiencing different industries. Risk it for the biscuit. Risk it for the biscuits. Yes. Yeah. And I have I have lost a few. Let me just mention that. <laughs> Oh, that would have been interesting. Okay. Elves, <laughs> elves, elves, are a part, elves are a part of this. I'm sure you've known that. Even in, I don't know if, I don't know how Pingling's books or balance sheet look, but um, losses and liabilities, I mean, are a part of business, right? So it's really, it's really about bouncing back from them. Um, as you said, investing um, in your business, actually knowing where to invest. Those are two very important things that people really overlook. And, you know, you giving and highlighting that um, and portraying that really in the, the success of Pinglinks, um, you're a walking example of, you know, that process actually working. So um, much appreciated, Brandon. Um, I do wish and hope the best of Pinglinks, Forking the Road and Hire Me. And of course, for yourself and your family. And I hope we get to speak again sometime in the future. All right. Thank you very much, guys. This was a pleasure. All right. Take care, man. All right. Bye. All right. That's the end of this episode. Peace. Yeah. Brandon. Whoa. Wow. Oh, no, bad. Some of the stuff I never know. <laughs> oh, for real? Yeah. yeah. That's the beauty of an interview, you know, my you just you just touch on things and keep speaking and the interaction is there. It's 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 a yeah, perfect thing. I appreciate you sharing, bro. Like you, yeah, you man. <clears throat> that was a good flow. Yeah, it was. It was. It was. Um and much respects again yeah, for taking yeah, man. Thank you guys for having me for real. You guys are doing a wicked thing. I mean, I love this concept. Um, I love hearing from other business owners, so, so I tune in all the time. All right. That's all. Watch your space. To be in touch, all right? So you take yeah, care. Yeah, man. Big up. All right. Bless.